Welcome into A to Z Sports Primetime from the Zen Sports Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising. If you are new to the show, and I'm proud as always to be presented to you by True Math Fitness in the Gulch. A great workout at True Math Fitness today. Looking forward to my next session on Thursday. You can get your first workout free as a Middle Tennessee resident at TrueMathFitness.com. Zen Sports, where you go for your $1,000 no-danger first wager. Plug in the promo code ATOZTN and cash in on the great offers that Zen Sports has. And the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry, wherever justice demands, Amanda J. and her team have you covered. Go to AmandaJGentry.com for more information today. So the Tennessee Titans have named Will Levis officially as quarterback one. Uh, Mike Vrabel got to the podium. He decided he was going to make an announcement and make the announcement out of the gate. So before you hear from Mike Vrabel, we'll keep it short and succinct. What is your level of excitement about this move being officially announced? Levis has started two games, so maybe it's less exciting for you just made officially official. Maybe you're just happy to have the nerves removed for the rest of the week of the potential of Ryan Tannehill being inserted back in the lineup. And for what it's worth, Mike Vrabel said that Ryan Tannehill, you know, they'll basically see where he's at at this point. But this football team is made, it seems, infinitely more competitive, still three and five, still under 500, and still not a good football team. But they are made infinitely more competitive by this quarterback who allows them to push the ball down the field in meaningful ways. So we'll get into your Two Rivers Ford take right after I remind you that Two Rivers Ford presents the take each and every night. Quality American-made Ford vehicles, award-winning customer service. Nobody goes above and beyond to put you in the driver's seat as a customer the way that Two Rivers Ford does. Go to tworiversford.com or visit them just seven miles east of Nashville International Airport, powered by Ford, driven by people. Uh, for what it's worth, as we uh, get things rolling here tonight on the primetime show, we are uh, watching with you the first MLS playoff game at Geodis Park in the stadium's history. Nashville SC trailing 0-1 in their series against Orlando is looking to uh, make a comeback or at least even the series up tonight at home. Our dear friend Lucas Panzika is on the call, so after we wrap up the primetime show, we can all watch Lucas on Apple TV together. But we are, in the meantime, going to talk about quarterback one. That's Will Levis, and Mike Vrabel made the announcement earlier today. Beverly says she's in shock, but she's happy. Happy but shocked. Uh, 100% is Rasheed Jenkins' level of excitement for Will Levis, a.k.a. Billy Jeans. Uh, BF says on a scale of 10, I assume he's an 8, as is Daniel Ruanto. Is that how I pronounce it, down? pronounce it, Daniel? I apologize if I've butchered it. Sin City Titan says, no faith in the coaching staff to set Will up for success. Okay. That's pretty interesting. Um, you know, my my lack of optimism about Will Levis and potential success here, like reasons that I would lack optimism, I don't know what this is going to look like for Levis. I've seen, you know, him in two starts, and I think you should be excited. I think you should be hopeful. I think that if this works out, you have a rookie quarterback contract to build around, and even if he's not the best rookie quarterback in the world, He's affordable, and you got a bunch of money to spend to put parts around him next year. That There's no faith in the coaching staff. I don't necessarily think I have a lack of faith in the coaching staff. I think that my, my lack of faith is more in the pieces surrounding him. Now, the coaching staff hasn't been able to adapt to the poor talent on the roster, and uh, 
you would say, well, Mike Vrabel is as responsible for accumulating uh, the players on this roster. They turned over, what, north of 40% of the roster this year, and it's still insufficient. That talent is still something that we're talking about as being the biggest issue here. I think it's clear and obvious, whether that's offensive line, whether that's the wide receiver room, whether that's the defensive backs, and, you know, shockingly up front, they have they have not lived up to their, they've certainly not lived up to their paychecks. Um as as a whole, whether that's Landry, I don't, it's tough for Jeff to do much more than he's than he's doing. But Jeff, Tart, Landry, Autry, uh, uh, certainly Arden Key, they could all stand to be significantly better. So I don't I don't know that I have an outright I'm outright discouraged by the coaching staff necessarily, but I do think that the roster is poor around him. Uh, Jack Penfold says now everybody can go back to griping about how many carries Henry isn't getting or not enough play action. Yes, I'm sure the tired. Uh, complaints will resume. Some of them, some of them valid. Some of them uh, tired and um, not necessarily as accurate as uh, as you would be led to believe. I know. In fact, Chris Johnson is out here leading the charge for Derrick Henry getting less than twenty carries is when the Titans lose games. When in reality, it's when the Titans have a lead, when the Titans can score early, when the Titans can play their game, then Henry gets the carries. Henry getting twenty carries is not why they win football games, which you know is something that I understand is hard for a running back to kind of come to terms with, but that's the nature of the league right now. Um, I think that uh, I think that there's a lot of different things that come to play here, but obviously the exciting part is Will Levis. He's the reason that you should be most optimistic about your football team right now and that Mike Vrabel was ready to announce him as the starter today, uh, I think is a, is a pretty good sign of progress. So let me just kind of clear up some things here going forward. You know, Will's going to be our quarterback. We think that's the best opportunity for our football team right now. Ryan will progress through here this week, I, I think, and, and hopeful you know, to be a backup for us and prepare as a starter, but that's where we're at right now. So that's short, sweet, to the point. Uh, he goes on to talk about the offensive line stuff, and we'll get to the offensive line stuff a little later on. You know, I think uh, Eric Castillo says, Vrabel giving the fans what they want for once, but it's not that, Eric. And honestly, like, you shouldn't look at it like that. Mike Vrabel is making the decision that's in the best interest of the football team. If Mike Vrabel, if I felt, or if any of us felt, that Mike Vrabel was making a decision just to placate fans, and for no other reason but that, well, then that's not a good decision. You don't, you don't, if you are a professional sports organization, sometimes what the fans want is correct, but it's not always the most rational or grounded in reality based thinking. So I, I think fans, MB says correctly, fans really don't have a clue what's going on behind the scenes. And even some of the most connected among us, don't know everything that goes on behind the scenes. It's impossible for us to because we're not physically sitting in the meetings. So to say that uh, to say that this is done to capitulate to fans, one, I think gives yourself entirely too much uh, sense of sense of entitlements, not the word there, but it didn't have anything to do with what the fans wanted. What the fans wanted was the correct decision. The correct decision was to start Will Levis over Ryan Tannehill at this particular point in time. That it is also something that the fans wanted, but primarily helps the football team, is just how this thing, uh, you know, just how this thing uh, worked out. And that's all well and good. But 
listen, if you had a coach that was making decisions based on the whims of the fan base, he would not be a very good coach. And I mean, I, I mean that, I don't mean that to sound disrespectful. I know some of you will take it as disrespect and it's not like, it's not like I'm saying that fans don't know football or something like that. That's not what I'm saying at all. But uh, yeah, you don't want somebody who's going to react to the irrational. And a lot of times, I love you guys to death, but a lot of you are irrational. So this is Will Levis's job to lose um, at this point. And he uh, now supplants Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill, who we'll talk about on, at a different date. I think there will be time later in the week for us to do a bit of a Ryan Tannehill appreciation situation. I know many of you have bad feelings about him for the last couple of years, and that's all well and good, but there is no denying that he made a difference at his at his highest point that he made a difference here. Nando says, just say it, Buck. The fans are dumb. No, I don't think that. In, in fact, I think it, it always, anytime you're critical of, of fans, it's a losing position, right? Because, you know, you're criticizing the customer. Um, I don't think fans are dumb. In fact, I think fans are smarter than they've ever been. But, you know, I also think that fans, because they're smarter than they've ever been, a lot of them, because they get a few likes on social media, the people who are, you know, out, out here, there are some dopes who, who think that they have more influence than they actually do because they've got a little bit of juice every once in a while on social media. And, and I think that's all well and good. That's a completely, whether it's a healthy functioning fan ecosystem or not is a different story, but no, I think, I don't think fans are dumb. I think fans are delusional. I don't, I don't think fans are dumb. Um, I think some of you, I think some of you, uh, I think the vast majority of you know what's up at any given point and are rational and are reasonable, reasonable. And sometimes you get upset when your football team stinks and you want changes. And I think most of you are rational about the changes that can be made, but you know, uh, it is what it is. Uh, Ken Kane says Buck's talking about Chris Frazier. He practically thinks he's the GM. No, but Chris is, Chris is a particularly recognizable, uh, I won't say face because I haven't met, I haven't ever seen Chris in person. I just know what his profile picture looks like because we've been doing the primetime show for long enough. But you like, you know, there there are always a contingent of super fans out there on the internet that I I think think they have more pull than they actually do. And that's fine. Rasheed Jenkins is 12 and 5. Here we come of the Tennessee Titans. Well, listen, um, I don't think they're going to go 12 and five. I need to see them win a road game first before we can talk about them having a winning record at this point. But I think that, uh, I think that there's a lot of this stuff that you look at with the Tennessee Titans and you say, okay, this is the thing that gives them the best chance at success, chance at success. He has thrown for 500 yards in his first two starts. He has completed just North of 60% of his passes uh, one start, a win over the Atlanta Falcons, another, a loss, the four touchdowns all against the Falcons, the one interception coming against the Steelers. But we know what the Titans offense was with Ryan Tannehill. It was paltry. It was 17.3 points per game. It was two passing touchdowns, three total touchdowns to six interceptions on the season. It was tough. And there are plenty of reasons why Ryan Tannehill struggled that aren't Ryan Tannehill's fault. There's plenty of fault. There's plenty of uh, reasons that Ryan Tannehill struggled that are Ryan Tannehill's fault, and that's all well and good. But I think that uh, I think that what we look at with Will Levis is opportunity, time to find out how much more he can improve in his rookie season, and if he can be, uh, you know, a functional functional starting quarterback when they can build a better situation around him 
both through the draft and through free agency next season, then I think you got some legitimate juice. Uh, so we'll see what happens with Will Levis moving forward. Of course, the next opponent is on the road where you don't win games thus far this season. On the road against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, to fall to three and six would be pretty damning, especially since the Bucs Bucks are a frisky football team, even though they are also three and five. Um, I've seen, I saw the Bucs just recently score 37 points. I have not seen the Tennessee Titans do that in shit since the 2021 season. It's been at least two years since they've scored even 30 at this point. So we'll see how this thing plays out. But this was the right decision. I'm, I'm not going to say it was the only decision because theoretically he had two other options on the roster that he could have gone with. But Will Levis is the most sensible decision. It is the decision that helps them the most in real time. And, you know, this is ultimately uh, the decision that I think Mike Vrabel was always going to make, that that there was a contingent of fans that thought that Mike Vrabel wasn't going to come to, to this conclusion. I always thought was interesting. <clears throat> Just because he's stubborn doesn't mean he's dumb. Um, and to to make any decision but Will Levis at this point, I think we could all agree, would be pretty unintelligent. So you're going to see a breakdown of how Will Levis uh, is going to continue to thrive and grow thus far in this offense from Dan Orlovsky of ESPN's NFL Live right after I remind you that the primetime show is presented by TrueMav Fitness in the Gulch. Go to TrueMavFitness.com for your first workout free as a Middle Tennessee resident. Nobody has better workouts than TrueMav Fitness, whether it's group fitness classes, personal training, or a membership that allows you access to their great facility. TrueMav and their coaching staff will always put you in position to succeed. Go to TrueMavFitness.com where your first workout is free. Dan Orlovsky on NFL Live today was breaking down his excitement, why he's excited about Will Levis and the Titans offense. This was the clip. Okay, but Orlovsky, do you like the decision of making Levis the starter for the remainder? I do, and you kind of just heard Gross talk about it, his development. I think the things that were struggles of his coming out of school, recognition, maybe subtle pocket movement and touch, he's displayed. End of the game against Pittsburgh. They are going to play Tampa 2. So those safeties have the deep half. And this guy's job is to run through as the middle linebacker into the middle. Now the pass concept is going to be this. Chip by this tight end and then sit over the ball. And then he's got a seam. So it's a concept that you like. But this is the recognition part for me when it comes to Will Levis. As he catches this snap and peeks at that middle linebacker, his hips are going to turn and open up. That's not great to get that seam because he's running right towards where you want to kind of throw that seam. So Will does a really good job, O'Kane. I have to now try to manipulate that middle linebacker. So he's staring to the right. Now pay attention to his shoulders. They're open and running downfield. This is what I love, the recognition. As he comes back to kind of see where that linebacker is, see how his shoulders have now squared up. He now knows I can actually rip that seam. Now here's the thing. You have to be able to rip it. You can't float it because this safety is going to play over the top right there. The recognition of, okay, I can make that throw and what type of throw is really good development when it comes to Will Levis. The second thing is the subtle pocket movement and a little bit of touch on its throws. You have man coverage right here from that slot defender to that receiver. The route is what we call a corner or a sail route. It's an outbreaker. Two things that I love on this clip from Will Levis. Number one, you are going to get an inside stunt. You're going to get this defensive tackle up here, and this linebacker is going to wrap around. 
Now that linebacker is going to force a little bit of pocket movement from Will Levis. See, he's standing essentially on that hash right there. If he stays there, there's going to be a very compact throwing area. You have to have a little subtle movement up and away from that linebacker. See where he is right now. Now watch. This little, see that little side movement creates this operational space for him. Now when you're making this throw as you're moving away, this throw cannot be on a line. This throw, because it's man coverage, has to have some touch on it as you throw that receiver away from that trailing defender. See the air on that throw perfectly placed? Those are clips that Will Levis showed in college. He didn't really have a ton of control over. The recognition, that subtle pocket movement, and then some of those touch throws. I think those are examples on top of that big arm that we saw two weeks ago that make this an easy decision for Tennessee and also one that you're looking forward to watching him finish out this season. It's it's a great uh, breakdown and assessment from Dan Orlovsky. The uh, primetime show is made possible by the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry, wherever justice demands. Amanda J. and her team have you covered. Go to AmandaJGentry.com to make sure that your constitutional rights are protected, especially to your constitutional right to be a father to your child. Amanda J. and her team are passionate about father's rights. Go to AmandaJGentry.com to find out more information. Um, I'm looking for. I'm really looking forward to talking with Greg Cosell about it because the two th- two things that Dan just brought up there that immediately stick out to me because I saw it in training camp. I saw the struggles in training camp with Will Levis on touch throws in particular, where he kept trying to throw with touch to feather balls to layer balls in there over defenders and things like that during training camp. A lot of times those throws would come up short, and sometimes they would even be either interceptable passes or be actually picked off during training camp. This was an area, an area where they direct, where he directly struggled. And then pocket awareness is something that was very much a part of the analysis of him coming out of Kentucky. Doesn't mean that it's a completely resolved situation, but you saw him even in the preseason against Chicago Bears. I mean, you guys saw it in the preseason in a limited sample size. The, uh, the lack of feel that he would have of the rush in moments against Chicago was pretty clear and obvious. They were very collegiate Levis sacks that he was taking in that Bears game. And thus far, I thought, you know, he's been under pressure, considerable amounts of pressure. You know, at a certain point, he's going to get tired of getting hit. But, you know, he's young, he's huge, he's strong. Like, he's he's going to be able to hold up for a period of time. He... Uh, Somebody, I think Teron Davenport told me on the sidelines in Pittsburgh that he's been calling uh, Levis Tannehill on super soldier serum, and it made me laugh um, because that's exactly what he is. It, little brother is considerably bigger than big brother in this moment, and if you're going to play behind this kind of offensive line, well, then you better be prepared to take some hits. I think he has managed the pressure well, that he has found you know, that he needs to find the check down more often and that he needs to, uh, that he continues to need to improve in the intermediate and with his footwork. But given the circumstances that he's been dropped in the middle of, I would say that he has managed more than adequately. I would say that Will Levis has done a good job given what we know to be the Titans roster situation around him. And so that you're seeing that improvements. I mean, training camp is only, how long is training camp? It's, it's, six weeks, six weeks long. And we're not, I mean, realistically, we're only about, I mean, we're 10 weeks removed from training camp. It's not a big period of time that he's, he's made this improvement. So to his credit, uh, he has worked really hard to get here. And, um, you know, 
it's not like Malik Willis hasn't worked harder or as hard as Will Levis has. It's just the difference for Levis and Malik is that it took less time to click, it would appear. Uh, so we're going to get into an offensive line question that Mike Vrabel was asked today, and we'll obviously have more time to talk about the quarterback situation moving forward. Um, I think uh, Ken Kaniff says, goes to show how much information he's been able to retain in a short amount of time. I honestly thought he would need a season of development. Yeah, I, you know, Ken, I always go back and forth on the on the development stuff, right? Because do you really develop if you're not playing? The answer is yes. There are places, you know, coaches talk about mental reps and things like that, and they are, you know, th- those are real for sure. And you can learn things in the film room. But to, I think that this is a developmental season. Like he is developing. He is not ready to be, you know, a full fledged NFL starter. Now he is going to be a full fledged NFL starter. And you hope that he can play himself into becoming a better one, I think. So that you your assessment is that he needs a season of development. I also agree that he could use a season of development. This is just now becoming his season of development because the only real way to develop in the NFL, the only real way to find out is to bleep around, right? I can't say the word, but it's like the, the guy doing the, uh, the chart. This is your amount of find out. This is how much you're going or this is how much you're going to bleep around as opposed to this much finding out when you bleep around, you're going to find out. And that's what they're going to do with Will Levis. They're going to bleep around and find out. Certainly. Um, Mackie says it's funny listening to bums like Orlovsky and Chris Sims evaluate quarterbacks when they were trash. <laughs> you cannot be a professional quarterback and be trash. Like if you make it to the pros, you are not trash. You are the best. Uh, you are probably the best football player that your city, um, in a lot of cases, your state has ever seen. Some of the guys who wash out the most in the pros were the highest uh, touted prospects. There are plenty of guys who are not capable of uh, who are not capable of breaking it down as efficiently as guys like Fitzpatrick, Orlovsky. Um, who was the other example mentioned? Chris Sims. There are plenty of guys who have played the quarterback position at a higher level, but the job of the television analyst is to do it in a way that is easy to understand for the audience, for you. They're doing a service for you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Not everybody is capable of doing that in a television format. I, they could probably get bigger names on television. They probably wouldn't be as good as Dan Orlovsky or uh, as Chris Sims. They are doing it in a way um, they are doing it in a way to make sure that they have that you have the information that you need. That's why those guys last so long in the league because they know ball. Um, they know the game. They know all the different things that these quarterbacks are going to face. They know defenses. So because they weren't capable of executing at the highest level as a professional athlete doesn't mean that they're bums. Uh, it just means that they're teaching the game in a different capacity. And yeah, so they weren't the best NFL quarterbacks. But it's like saying, you know, like, is Taylor, is Taylor Heineke a bum quarterback? No. Is Josh Johnson, who's had a very long NFL career with a bunch of different teams, a bum? Is Tyrod Taylor? No. These are all high-level professional athletes. Tyrod Taylor is 36 years old. He has lasted in the league for a very, very long time because he is capable of doing a lot of things and teaching young quarterbacks. A lot of this stuff that you're seeing Dan Orlovsky articulate there. So I've never been good with, you know, the the – 
the terminology of trash or bums or all these different things. Um, but, uh, when, when, you know, clearly and obviously that these guys are, are, are the best resource that you have to learn more about your favorite football teams. Uh, Scott Van Horn says, LOL, you're too funny. They can't because they can't be trash. Sims got the job because of the name. Ah, you know, maybe, but so what? He's good at it. You know, it's like Arthur Smith. Like, did Arthur Smith get a chance in the NFL because he's Fred Smith's son, the billionaire uh, founder of FedEx? I don't know. Maybe. But does that matter if he's good at it? I don't think so. I mean, I, privilege is definitely something that we could talk about or, you know, not talk about. I think we can acknowledge where people have privilege and where people don't have privilege. But uh, the the idea that people can't also be hard workers when they come from favorable backgrounds or when they have connections. It just means that they got a better opportunity than most people and they took advantage of it. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Anyway, let's keep it moving. Offensive line. Let's talk about it. Um, <laughs> or we can talk about, uh, Levis's <laughs> girlfriend situation, which I'm not going to do. Cause I think that whole thing is TMZ to the max. And it's even too TMZ for me, which is, uh, saying something anyway, let's talk about the offensive line situation. Shall we? So, as we look at uh, the Titans offensive line group, we understand that they're bad. And the question that I'm going to ask you is this. What would it take for the Titans to start Peter Skronsky at left tackle? Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch will discuss at length together right after I remind you that the Primetime Show is made possible by Zen Sports. Your $1,000 no-danger first wager is at your disposal when you plug in the promo code ATOZTN. That means that you can bet up to $1,000 without risk in the Zen Sports app. Terms and conditions do apply. Gambling problem? Call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. Don't waste time. Get to Zen Sports now and get your $1,000 no-danger first wager. A-T-O-Z-T-N is the promo code. So what will it take for the Titans to, uh, what will it take for the Titans to start Peter Skaronsky at left tackle, um, Matt Stanley says, Buck, don't say the P word too loud. Fox News will hear you. P, oh, what, what's the P word now? I'm curious. I, I don't know. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't, what would I, what would, what would I say that would start with a P that would trigger uh, Fox News? I'm unclear. Uh, Patrick Bird says, Buck, do you know what MPF injured? Was it his labrum? Uh, the way his arm hyperextended, it wouldn't surprise me. Don't know specifics on the, uh, on the shoulder. Not a medical expert, so I'm not going to speculate. Um, that it requires surgery, and I I agree. I know the play that you're talking about. Well, I, I mean, it's the play that I got injured, but I know the movement that you're talking about because I watched that play several times. And the I, you know, that I, I don't know that the proper term for the motion that he made is hyperextension, but uh, if it was a shoulder labor labrum surgery, I would not be surprised. Uh, I think that there's a uh, that there's a lot of moving parts on the offensive line. Raidens and Skaronsky, says Royal Wright, would be great together. Uh, play Jalen Duncan, more move Skaronsky. Jalen Duncan is not going to play, and if he plays, he'll play at guard, not at left tackle. Um, I am uh, I am curious to see how they handle this offensive line group. In particular, I think Raidens is going to find his way in the lineup. But Chris Hubbard is coming out of the concussion protocol, and they haven't played Raiden's a, a single snap at left tackle this season. Now, if Andre Dillard is, you know, continues his stretch of 
we'll we'll put it diplomatically, his stretch of poor play, the play, the level of play that got him benched. Um, Raiden's would be the next option at left tackle. Jalen Duncan is not going to be the left, the next option there. So what would it take to move Skaronsky, uh to left tackle? Uh, the answer is the end of times. Like, I don't think that they're going to move Peter Skaronsky for anything. Uh, I think that they, or at least just they, that they're not willing to move Peter Skaronsky for just about anything. Let's say Mike Vrabel said today that potentially there's a scenario that exists, but was really not willing to, you know, not willing to acknowledge a scenario, a real scenario where they moved him outside uh, from guard. You consider giving Skaronsky a chance on the outside at all, or, or is he a guy that you want to continue to develop inside no matter what? Uh, I just think that that Peter uh, can continue to focus and, and be a really, really good guard for us at this point in time. But there's, I'm sure, a scenario that could come out after today that may make that a possibility. Injuries, basically, is what he's saying. Like, injuries, the end of times is what I think it's going to take for Mike Vrabel to move Peter Skronsky to left tackle. I don't think that he's going to do it. I think that they think that that is a Pro Bowl play, caliber player that they've got on the inside and that they would be hurting themselves on the inside if they moved Peter Skronsky to left tackle. Now, you would say that left tackle is arguably a more valuable position. And I say arguably because I think there is an argument to be made when guards are making 20 plus million dollars in the NFL right now. And when interior defensive linemen are making 20, 22, 25, uh, hell, I think Rashawn Gary is making 24. He's an edge player. And so those guys are still making premium money, but I just don't think that there's a situation where Peter Skaronsky, other than like disaster end times, basically for your offensive line group where Skaronsky ends up at, left tackle uh, Stephen King says bet Stonehouse would hold his own at left tackle what can uh Ryan Stonehouse do to be honest he's your most improved player which is crazy to think about uh Randy said Mike was 100% more forthcoming today than ever um you know I give him credit I he probably just didn't want to take questions about the Levis thing all week and said all right you know bleep it I'll get out there I'll put an end to it and we can talk about normal stuff on Wednesday because he's gonna have to talk again tomorrow and I bet he doesn't want to answer more quarterback questions tomorrow but he's gonna be asked more quarterback questions tomorrow and we'll see how it goes. Uh, Patrick says, Skaronsky at guard and Raiden's at tackle. For the love of God, please. I, I think you got to give Raiden's a chance. I really do. But they just, they have not been enthusiastic to put that dude in the lineup and unless they have unless they have injuries. Um, Titan Kong says, I feel like we have the most interesting roster. I would not describe your roster as interesting. Uh, um. Your roster is a science experiment. I don't know that that makes it interesting. Um, but, I, you know, they they have reasons. Whatever their reasons actually are for Raidens. You know, I've heard mixed reviews on Dylan Raidens. I know guys that have been in that offensive line group uh, with Dylan Raidens has said that, you know, it, it, it's just some of it's not clicking. I talked to Keith Carter a bunch, his former offensive line coach that he overthought some things in moments. Uh, Jason Hotailing seems to agree with some of those assessments because he's not good enough to start on the on one of the worst offensive lines in football. But he's he has been okay this year. I mean, he's not been great, but he's been bet he's not been the worst. Like when he gets out there, is he the worst player out there? And the answer is no. Um I think that he should be given an extended opportunity. 
left tackle is, is his most natural position. <laughs> and if you if you can figure out something at left tackle, at least for the rest of the season, if not for the future, and at quarterback this year in a season that seems a bit lost, then yeah, I would say that you should probably bleep around and find out. Uh, we'll wrap the show up with a gone viral video. A quick reminder that the primetime show is made possible by the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. Go to GaryAshton.com and get your dream address without the stress. Uh, what's the best thing that you saw on the internet this week is the question. Mine was the story about Josh McDaniels and interim Raiders head coach Antonio Pierce, where apparently Josh McDaniels uh, had or Antonio Pierce got up while Josh McDaniels was still employed in front of the team to address the team about adversity. Antonio Pierce, of course, played for the Giants, beat the Patriots in a Super Bowl. Josh McDaniels was a part of the Patriots staff. Uh, Antonio Pierce was talking about in this report from Jay Glazer of Fox Sports, was talking about the idea that Antonio Pierce was making a lot of references to that Giants team that beat the Patriots. And then afterwards, McDaniels pulled him aside and said, basically, don't talk about the Patriots that way, which is ridiculous, of course. Now, that report has since been refuted by the most famous Raider right now, Max Crosby, who was on uh, this morning's episode of Bussin' with the Boys with Will Compton and Taylor Lewan. To ask about this player coach meeting, it's now circulating a little bit saying that McDaniels was talking in that meeting and then it ended up not going the way that he thought it would to a point where AP was standing up and kind of speaking for the brand of the staff. And then he brought up the Patriots, how the New York Giants dethroned them. And uh, McDaniels was like, don't ever talk about the Patriots. And then it kind of went south. Did that happen? I don't know where that came from or where he heard that, but that's, I don't, he didn't stand up and like, AP, you can't talk about the Patriots. That's, that's false. But it was very real. Basically every captain, every leader, everybody that has something to say went up and said their piece and everyone was honest it is what it is you know it was you know coach mcdaniels you know called us in and he wanted to do it yeah it was probably one of the realest like meetings i've ever had in my life you know shit got <laughs> it got real and um there was a lot of emotion and yeah. uh that's for us you know it's family business the fact that it even got out is kind of like irritating i was irritated when i you know found out that somebody was talking about it but So that is uh, Max Crosby. And so he's not outright denying that that situation happened between Pierce and McDaniels. He's just denying that it happened uh, in front of everybody that way. But it was uh, it's a pretty interesting dynamic. It's much less that the Raiders won this past Sunday. Uh, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be pretty qu crazy. Uh, BF says there's Chet Savage talking about Taylor Lewan sign him. Uh, Taylor is not playing football. Um, now, I was talking to Taylor because I uh, I think Taylor is going to come in on the radio show at some point this week. It may be a surprise appearance. We may not plan this thing. We may just uh, – I gave him the gate code, so it may just be a situation at some point between now and Friday where Lawan just shows up in our studio. We'll see what comes to pass. But I do think uh, he wants to talk about Ryan Tannehill with an audience that is – almost exclusively Titans fans and Bussin obviously has a great deal of Titans fans that listen to it, but it is a national program. And I think that uh, Taylor wants to speak on behalf of Ryan Tannehill and in a, uh, in a way, uh, in a way that reaches a lot of you guys who have been along for the entire ride. Matt Drew says, wish your shows went longer like the morning ones. Uh, my shows do. It's called the radio show and it's three hours long. So you can listen to the radio show or three hours a day, five days a week, if you do not get enough of me here. But for the sake of my sanity, uh, <laughs> the primetime show, the 615 Sessions podcast, and the Cosell podcast must be kept 
uh, to a reasonable length so that I'm not outright exhausting my vocal cords, uh, even though I love you guys and I would spend all of my time with you if I could. That's not true, but I do love you. That's going to do it for us tonight. Appreciate Bert, as always, for his help. Thank you guys for spending your evening here with us. Have a great rest of your evening. Radio show tomorrow on 104.5 The Zone. We're going to have a great time. Um, Here's what I'll say. I asked for Will Levis on the radio show today, and I have not been told no. So we will find out whether Will Levis will be the player guest on Thursday. I'll keep you guys updated, but I'm saying this out loud publicly so I can pressure Titans PR further uh, by putting it out into the universe that I have asked for Will Levis. And if I'm denied Will Levis, then we're turning it back on them. No, it's okay. But uh, we'll see whether Will Levis is on the radio show this week or not. See you guys tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. on 104.5 The Zone.